remember, I came from that single family household where, you know, my mom did not have a college degree, but I knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get. And so if I can do it, coming from my background, I believe that anyone can do it, but you have to have the faith. You gotta trust God. You gotta believe in yourself and you gotta have a great support system. Get, get yourself surrounded by a couple of like-minded people to really uh, encourage you and to push you to go forward you know, with these things. Welcome friends. You are listening to Blue Collar Money, Theories of Middle-Class Investing with your hosts, P.W. Gopal and Mike Hatch. Welcome back to Blue Collar Money, theories of middle-class investing, where we help everyday people, everyday folks get financially unstuck by taking a blue-collar approach, rolling up our sleeves, getting our hands dirty, and accepting responsibility for our own financial futures. My name is Mike Hatch. I'm here with P.W. Gopal. We are your uh, tour guides, in a sense, on this journey and adventure that we're on as well with you. And so we're grateful you joined us. Thank you again for listening. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for listening. And so PW, I'm excited, obviously. I guess it's rare that I'm not excited, but <laughs> I know you are too, though. So yeah. you're, we just had an amazing interview with uh, with a buddy of mine, Sean Honor. Let's hear from you first, man, How? because we'll jump into it here in just a minute. But what, what did you think about it? I mean, it was... It was packed. I have a full page of notes and it's going to take me, it's going to take me a while to get through everything that he said. Um, but it was just truth after truth after truth. I have so many more questions. And and the coolest thing is he's agreed to come back and talk specifically yeah. about some of the things that he, he was, you know, kind of able to bring up, but, but, you know, we didn't have time to unpack. So I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, man. Me too. For me, one of the biggest things that I would ask, you know, our listeners, as you listen to this, I want, here's kind of the theme for me as, as we went through it is, is really relationships and how relationships play into um, our investing ventures or, or entrepreneurial endeavors. And, you know, you and I, PW, talk about often there, and you really kind of coined the, the, this phrase, but the tree fruit tree idea that we've talked about in previous podcasts where, we, we talk about how money is like seed and God is calling us to plant it or invest it. And it's not supposed to be hoarded, but, but to be sown for if to produce fruit, to be fruitful and to multiply, as it says in Genesis, right in the beginning there. And so the hope is as you plant your seeds, you grow a tree, which produces fruit, which then produces seed to grow another tree, which produces fruit. And then hopefully exponentially grows. But, Often as we talk about this, and I think sometimes, I know I've thought, I I think maybe subconsciously thought this, and maybe others have too, that you separate relationships from the investment. And, and you think of the investment as some sterile thing, whether it be like we're talking real estate today, it could be a house, hmm. it could be a business venture or whatever, but but you don't necessarily, I, I, I sometimes fail to realize that, no, it is all about relationships and you can't separate relationships from the investment. 
so it's it's more than just the ground and the soil and the seed. They're they're, they're people with you in it, and that, that's one of the themes I pulled out of this interview. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know maybe historically or you know there are there are plenty of examples of of great trees that have been grown, but not not a lot of examples of ones that bear fruit that can build more trees. Mm-hmm. And and that really focus in on those relationships. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially in the investing books that I've read, I mean, there's plenty of examples given, plenty of stories, but you the the people that truly stand out are the ones that that keep the relationships kind of front and center. And we talk about that redeeming influence. Having an influence over an inanimate object is one thing, but trying to have influence over a person is something completely different. And it takes a different skill set, it's a different type of energy, a different type of value. Um, you know, to really hold somebody up and say, Hey, you know, I want to know you, I want to bless you. You know, I see you. And, uh, and Sean's one of those guys and you could just hear it throughout the interview. It was, it was great. Yeah, definitely. So we're excited for you, the listeners to be able to, to glean from just some amazing things that Sean said. Thank you again for listening to us. And just to reiterate again, our goal this year is to get to 10,000 downloads. And I'm telling you, you guys are really helping in that process. Mm-hmm. And we're really encouraged by your responses. And some of the, the interaction we've had with you, I've had a little bit more than usual, actual, be, actually, recently, because of a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the how I use the HELOC to pay off my mortgage. And you can look back and listen to that episode. But feel free to keep the questions coming. I will answer you for sure. You can find me on Marco Polo. That's one way one listener has been communicating with me was through Marco Polo. So you can do that. PW on Marco Polo? Nope. Okay. So either way, if you've got those questions about the HELOC and how to use that, feel free to do that. But uh, all right. So I don't want to waste any more time. Thank you folks for joining us. And uh, man, I'm excited. So we're interviewing Sean Honor. And Sean Honor is a real estate investor. He's also in law enforcement. That's his full-time job. And then he decided to to go the route of real estate investing. And I'll let him explain why and how he did that. But he's he was in a position that a lot of our listeners have been in, that you and IPW have been in, in wanting to make the pivot from a conventional method of accumulating a certain number or a, you know, certain number of dollars or wealth, and then to one day maybe retire to shifting his his emphasis and strategy becoming more of a producer and uh and and having a cash flow mentality when it comes to to investing and i i love how he explains that process and why he he you know what that looked like for him so um so that's a little bit about sean i know listeners you will love him so let's go ahead and jump in and here is our interview with sean honor sean honor welcome to the blue collar podcast man dude it is been a long time coming and i'm super excited you're with us thank you mike i Definitely um, glad I was able to uh, come and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. Real quick, just to get kind of get to know you a little bit at first, you and I go back for a couple of years. I can't remember. Is it, has it been two years yet that we've known each other? Almost two years. Yeah. Okay. Almost two years. And you and I have, um, you actually reached out to me first. I, I think I'd posted something on LinkedIn and you had reached out to me and I was, I, and I'm so grateful you did, man. I'm so grateful you did because LinkedIn, if any, you know, any of our listeners are not on LinkedIn. I highly, highly recommend you jumping on LinkedIn. So many connections, amazing people. But Sean, 
real quick. And I think this will help us to understand you a little bit better. And then we're going to want you to tell us more about yourself, but I'm just curious, what was it that, that caused you to reach out to me? Well, one, one of the things that I look for on LinkedIn are humble people and people just like me, um, just really trying to establish something, you know, uh, in their business or, um, just the, the everyday people who I like, you know? And so really I, I kind of pray to God that, you know, give me the right contacts, give me the right, uh, network. And you're one of those guys, man, that I reached out to and, uh, it just really stuck, you know, and, and here it is two years later. I mean, we're still connecting, you know, we're still making things happen. So. Yeah, I agree, man. I I'm really, really grateful you did. And, uh, you and I have, had some pretty deep conversations about all sorts of different issues and got to know each other pretty well. And I'm hoping Absolutely. one day, hoping one day we'll get to partner in some kind of, uh, in some kind of project of some sort. Yeah, man. And and it, it's interesting. PW and I were kind of linked in a similar way. We, I think we had some common interests, PW, and then like just kept in touch and then something like this formed out of it. So who knows, uh, Sean, what could form out of our relationship at some point or That's the true. three, all three of us, who knows? So anyway, Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. And again, I know from conversations with you, <laughs> you adore your wife, man. She sounds amazing. You've got some incredible king kids. You know, what do you do pro- professionally uh, aside from real estate investing? And yeah, just th- those are some of the questions. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am married to this adorable lady, uh, <laughs> It'll be 23 years this year of marriage. Wow. We have two sons, uh, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. And they are my wife. You know, those, those mm. my family is definitely, have been extremely supportive. Uh, me, uh, basically being an entrepreneur, me as a um, real estate investor, they have, <laughs> they've gotten dirty you know what I'm saying, with me, you know, going in um, and basically uh, we having products, you know, mm-hmm. weekends or an afternoon where I get off from work. So they just been really, really supportive in that because my, my nine to five is in law enforcement. Uh, I've been with Homeland Security for since 2001, actually, when I got hired on in Homeland Security is law enforcement, my position. And here in Southwest Georgia is where I'm assigned to. Uh, I've been here for a little over a decade here in Southwest Georgia. That's great. So then, all right. So what or why did you decide to start investing in real estate? One of the things is I I, I needed to do, do bigger than what I was doing. Um, hmm. Of course, you know, our nine to fives, we have, we have retirement plans that we have um, our 401ks, our TSPs, and we have all that. But one day, I decided, I saw that that wasn't going to make it. Mm -hmm. I needed, (laughs) I needed something else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I started seeing what investors were doing uh, with real estate, I said, wow, I can do that same thing. Mm -hmm. And so basically Mm -hmm. just got a few books, saw a few podcasts and I just took off from there and had no idea how fast it was (laughs) going to take off. You know, but the support I had with my wife, with my children, it's been amazing. Wow. Did you have, like, do you have 
how do I say this handyman kind of skills? Like when you looked at real estate investing <laughs> and you, and you said, Oh, I could do that. Was it because you were like, Oh yeah, I can knock down a wall. I can remodel something or, or what was it that told you you could do it? Well, it wasn't that. I'm not the guy <laughs> to go put up sheetrock and, and okay. put down, you know, ceramic tile flooring. You know, that's, I wish and I probably could if I take time to, but that, that wasn't me. You know, snapping on paint on a wall, you know, um, cleaning up, you know what I'm saying? We all could do that. You know, it doesn't take uh, rocket science to, to, to do that. The, the small things that I do, which I'm very hands-on with my properties, it really, really bring a joy to me. It, it, you know, to be out mm. there uh, mm. working with my um, my investments. Mm. And then my kids, they enjoy it. You know, I don't have kids that's like, you know, dad, I really don't want to do this today. Dad, I don't feel like it. Or my wife, like, you know what, you know, you go ahead. You know, this is a hair day. This is a, a nail day. <laughs> it's never like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's always, okay, Whatever you got to do, Sean, whatever you got to do, Dad, we're in it with you. And we're going to come and nicely uh, boost on the ground, you know what I'm saying, around these properties. But I, I, I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy it. That's amazing. It sounds like your wife and your kids were on board from the beginning. Or, or did you have to convince your wife before taking that leap into real estate investing? She was a little hesitant about coming on board. She was not... Uh, basically saying, hey, look, I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. She was just kind of questioning. But one of the things that we always, a statement I should say that we lived with is she believed in me, but she trusts God. Mm. And that is one of the, uh, the bullet points that I always share with people. You know, with anything when it comes to marriage, you know, um, your, your spouse has to believe, uh, believe in you, what you're doing. But at the end of the day, she's always trust God to just guide me. You know, hey, if it's what he wants to do, I'm going to support him. Man, that is so cool. I love that. Uh, believe in you, the husband. And if, if there are any wives out there listening to this right now, I'm sure maybe hopefully that that spoke to them what it helps to delineate. Cause I know my wife too, she can question, you know, she knows me inside and out. And sometimes she can question my knowledge or my insight about a certain decision. And, but she always says like, okay, you're, you, you have to stand before God at some point <laughs> with regard to your decisions and how they affect our family. So I'm going to trust God that, that he's going to take care of us. Um, even though I'm not totally convinced not totally convinced yet that you're you're in the right state of mind or whatever right now. You mentioned something that I want to kind of riff on a little bit, if it's okay. You said that you noticed that your your current investments at the time, which I assume were traditional, conventional, you know, like you said, IRA, 401k kind of stuff. So stock market basically investments. And you said you you realized that wasn't gonna make it. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you meant by that? I've always lived within my means. So I say always, uh, let me rephrase that. Probably in the last 10, 12 years, <laughs> I live within my, my means. And I mean by that is that it doesn't take much for me, you know, to, uh, to make it. I don't need to dig, you know, 3,000, you know, 4,000 square foot home. What I wanted to do, I said, you know, I just need something simple. But going into retirement, 
I didn't want a, a mortgage. I didn't want a car note. You know, I didn't want, you know, these multitudes of, of debt or bills. But what I wanted is basically to live free, good retirement. What that looked like was basically having cash flow coming through, not just, hey, you know, uh, this is strong retirement from, you know, Homeland Security. But, and that probably could keep the bills going. But I, I really wanted to, to do other things like travel, you know, travel more, you know, uh, fishing trips more and also being there for my kids when they needed, you know, help, you know, they, they always be our kids. So they may always need, you know, something. So, um, and the, the, the W2 job wasn't going to do it. You know, I, I, didn't, I needed something more than that. And I saw that on paper and it, and it kind of scared me, you know, saying to push me into doing something uh, more. And I just chose real estate. Okay. So Two things I just heard you say, which are really cool, and something we've talked about on this podcast before, is number one, you just spoke PW's love language when you said fishing. Mm-hmm. His heart just leapt inside of his chest because he automatically just started imagining you and he on the bank of some river fishing for trout, didn't you, PW? It was actually, we were at the ocean in Sean's boat. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And then number two, it, it sounds to me like, you made the decision based on you and your family's values, right? PW is that, would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. And we, we talk about that on, that on this show a lot, just that, that our values our our investment or entrepreneurial endeavor should be a reflection of, of who we are. It shouldn't define who we are. It should be a reflection of who we are. And that is often reflected through, you know, figuring out what your values are. Um, and then of course you've got that other layer yourself being a man of faith who, who realizes there's, there's the kingdom of God that is the ultimate defining, you know, um, how do I say it's kind of definer of our values. And then under, under that becomes, you know, our values and our family's values and how those derive from the kingdom of God in a sense. And, uh, that's cool to hear that it seems like your values drove your investing decisions. You know, growing up. Uh, I grew up in a small town down in Florida and my um, single parent household was my, my mom and my sister and I was raised together with mom. And I always wanted more than what I, mm. you know, saw her, you know, was able to give us. So when as a kid, I always said, I'm going to go basically be successful want to go out here and, um, you know, make mom proud, but also go out here and try to be the best man, the best Christian, the best uh, father, the best uh, husband ever. And I remember, you know, those thoughts, you know, growing up. And so as I started becoming older, young man, um, I was looking at different things of what I wanted to do. And again, I went in the military and, and, um, and then I got on this job in law enforcement, but I said, you know what? I think I'm, I'm selling myself short. I'm, you know, I, uh, there's something more that I really could be doing, you know, because um, and just bringing, bringing extra income, I should say, in, in, into the home. And don't get me wrong. I'll do everything honest and, you know, getting work interrogated. I never thought about anything illegal, but it's out there. And my thing was going to get it. And not let anyone basically tell me I can't get it. And so 
going into real estate and becoming an entrepreneur, I said, okay, Sean, you're in your 40s. You're not getting any younger. You're going to have to really put a lot into this, meaning that you're going to have to really study. You're going to have to look at the podcast. You're going to have to attend meetups and conferences, you know, to get where you want to become. And so I did that. And I tell you, it, it really has paid off. And, and that's one of the things that have driven me, you know, to really, really push this real estate. It's just my childhood, you know, growing up. And and uh, and again, I don't take anything from mom, you know, because she did her best. But just the lack of and I wanted to have more as I saw other you know, people who was tasting or getting this this table of fruit and honey and all this good stuff. So what's the difference between, you know, like there's, there's a lot of kids that grow up in single parent homes and they don't make it through like you did. So what are, what are the influences that, you know, that made that happen? I mean, obviously like military could be disciplined, but what were the other things? Like, is it, is it drive? Is it brotherhood? Like one of the things that really, really, you know, drove me was my my teachings. You know, with my grandmother, my grandfather, who um, basically I remember the conversations on the porch. You know, with my grandmother, and basically she, uh, just the values and the moments that she was teaching me. This this was like you know, um, instead of me going out to play with the other kids, I rather sit down with with older people and just get this viral information. And so the people in the neighborhood, I will always just <laughs> go around, listen to them, the older people. I wasn't about going to play kickball or, or baseball, you know, I hadn't seen, you know, I wanted the knowledge. And so that knowledge that I got, that wisdom that I was, I was getting as a kid, I just really pulled that along in my adulthood. And then my faith in God, PWs really, really make me stand out, you know, from the others. And even now with my kids, you know, uh, our son is going off to college soon and I'm constantly drilling in him. It's, it's, it's your faith it's in God. It's, it's, it's your connection with God. It's your, it, it's your ability to, to, to have a relationship with God. It's going to make you succeed and be successful in life. So, yeah, that, that, that's what really keep me staying out, man. It's just my, my faith in God. Man, I love that. So what is, what's your, are you, are you okay sharing numbers? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm, that's what I'm interested in. That's what I think other people are interested in. Like how many properties are you running owning right now? I have 20 doors right now. Okay. Is that like, is an apartment complex, multiple doors or are they all single family? Yes. So um, what I have now is five duplexes. I have a triplex and the the rest, and I have seven single family homes. Okay. What, um, what was the first property? Like, how did you oh, cut your teeth? The first property was down in Florida. And it was actually my mom basically called me up almost four years ago. And she says, Sean, the family property, uh, basically what I have, she said, do you want it? She said, basically, it become a lot for her. And she said, look, you can have it. 
And I tried to uh, really contain myself, but I couldn't, you know, because I was so excited because God has already basically talking to me about it, you know, uh, asking for it, you know, and, and I didn't even have to ask for it. She just called me up to say, hey, do you want it? And I did. We signed and uh, over to me. And and again, that was almost four years ago. And <laughs> it's like the ones just opened up where more properties start coming after, after that. So that was like the summer of uh, June, you know, again, four years ago, that November, that same year, I was signing another deal on my second property. And then the next year after that, you know, I picked up two more properties and these are all single family properties. It, it was just like, it's happening one after the other, you know. When you're buying a property a year, are you leveraging the equity in one property against the next? That was what I'm, I'm, I was doing, what I'm doing, basically. So that property, what I would use is that cash flow of the other one and basically be able to rehab the next property. You know, because each property I have, well, when I first started, it had to be cash flow because I couldn't afford it, you know, either other way. So there was money coming in where I could do something with uh, the next project. But let me go back, though. So the second property, how I got that property is which one of the best things that I love doing was owner financing. So I went to the owner and he got the house through a foreclosure and the house was just sitting there. And you can tell the property was just distressed. And I looked up the owner of the property. We met at the property, we talked, and basically we came up with a number and I gave and I, I can tell you that that property was ch pretty cheap. It was twenty five thousand. I pay, I said, look, well, I give you five thousand dollars down, and I would give you, you know, three hundred dollars a month, you know, on this property. And he was fine with that. And so we went in. We <laughs> again clean up the painting. Uh, got a contractor. You know, I put a new roof on. I uh, did some flooring. And that property actually rented for a hundred a month. And so what I was doing, just repeating itself, you know, find another one the same way. But one of the things that, that helped is you able to go to these owners and you basically, you know, you know, find trust. You know, they're, they're talking with you and you go in and again, the reading and uh, educating myself, the podcast, they knew I knew something about real estate, something about this investing thing. And so basically, okay, cool. I think we trust you, you know, because one thing about the properties, they can easily foreclose on you. So you do owner financing with the properties and then you miss, you know, you do all this work, you put $7,000 into this property and then um, you're missing a, a, a payment they can easily say, you know what? I foreclose on you. It's all in the contract, you know? So uh, the trust factor became, and, and basically I was able to just obtain more and more properties just using that strategy. So just to clarify, you're not, you're using the cash flow from a previous property to qualify for the new property, or are you pulling equity for down payments and improvements? Well, I'm usually pulling equity for down payments and improvements. Okay. You know, for the for the next properties, 
And, and that worked PW for some of the properties. And so once I got a few properties under my belt, I started, you know, soliciting investors and, you know, people that I knew that had an extra dollar in the bank. And I would, would go to them and say, look, this is what I'm doing. This is my company. And I would like for you to invest you know, in my company. So the very first one was a property here in Georgia. Uh, I found it on a foreclosure site, <laughs> really, really cheap, you know, and I went to an investor friend of mine and basically let him know what, what I was looking at. And he came in easily and said, you know what, I want in. And then the next one came in and said, hey, I want in. So it's been a win for me, you know, doing that. And this is just also just having that they see the integrity inside you. We're talking about, you know, this is a Christian-based podcast, you know. So you really have to be on a solid foundation where, okay, I trust Mike. I trust PW. I trust Sean that I'll be able to give them, give him 75000 and he's going to get a good return, you know, for me. And, you know, and just let it go, you know, recycle. So when they're in, when the investors are investing with you, is there a note? Like, are they getting a, a, a fixed rate back? Uh, like a loan or is it a like strictly like speculation where they could lose all of that money? No. So here so far, what I've been doing is there's been a note, there's been a fixed rate where they are getting some type of return back. Uh, usually what they like and what they're looking for is some skin in the game. Uh, if the property is $215,000, okay, Sean, you bring 5,000, you bring 7,000 to the table. And we come up with a, a, a comfortable uh, interest rate. And uh, we just go from there. I, I really, really um, grateful for my investors. And I try to make, make sure that they're comfortable, you know, so, but also I'm comfortable too, because this, this is all about making money. This is all about, you know, uh, building a portfolio and make and making money, you know, to do the next bigger deal. So are you do you ever pull equity out and pay the investor, like buy them back, buy them out? I have not, but I'm actually in the process uh, of doing that now, actually. So I'm actually for the very first time I've been get, I'm getting ready to refi some of these properties, you know, and one of them who I had for a couple of years, I want to just pay him back, you know, before he can say, Hey, you know what? I like this. I can turn around and invest more now. Man, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Is there a certain number you guys are wanting to replace or is it literally just like bigger and bigger and bigger? Like some people are like, well, I just want to, like my wife and I were like, I just want to replace both of our incomes. And in my head, you know, that's X amount of dollars a month. Or is it like, Hey, we want this to be high seven figures. No, there's not any number. My biggest, I've just been trying to get bigger and bigger, you know, okay. maybe one day I would do that, you know, so say, hey, you know what, I want to replace the, the, the income that was, you know, been coming in for the past X amount of years. Uh, that's what I need to be at. But for now, I'm just trying to become, you know, large, you know, uh, what I have. Is, is your business set up as a, a single member LLC or is it, do you have partners so far, it's just a single member LLC. Okay. Can you share the name with us? Absolutely. Uh, Sugar Bear Capital uh, Group Investment LLC. 
Can you spell that? Is it should say sugar berry? No, nope, sugar bear. Uh, that is sugar bear. Two words. Yep, sugar bear. Why are you smelling them for BW? You like that name? <laughs> it sounds like what your wife would call you. All right, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> I, I actually think of. Do you guys remember DC Talk? Maybe not. And I think I brought this up to you before, Sean. But like, there, DC Talk was this famous Christian kind of hip hop slash rap. You don't remember uh, DC Talk, Toby Mac? I do now. Yep, I do. Okay. And and I just remember their their one live album. They uh, at, at the end they introduce all the members of their band, and apparently there's this big black guy who's the drummer, and they and he they call him oh, Sugar Bear. Oh, oh. And so that that's every time you said I'm like that's what I think of. I'm like I wonder if he was Sugar Bear, the Sugar Bear, Sugar Bear Capital. <laughs> that's great. Uh, well. It doesn't really have a meaning to it. Uh, when I started this four years ago, <laughs> I needed a name. And, Wait a minute. Um, hold on, hold on. You started yes, four years ago? I needed ago. a name. Uh, yeah, started my, my group, my, my, uh, my company, and I needed a name. And basically, I just said, you know what? <laughs> what could I name this? My, my wife had a daycare Years ago, at our at our um, at our, our home, when we first transferred here from DC, and it was called uh, Sugar Bear Day Camp, the daycare, and I kind of stole that name, you know. So, and it's been with us. <laughs> Here, here's what I think of, and, and I, like you, it. <laughs> I just thought of winning it too. Yeah, totally. But and, and here's. <laughs> Yeah, right, because he's he's drinking from a mug that's got Winnie the Pooh on it. Bug. <laughs> and I promise you, it was not staged. I promise. <laughs> uh, so what? I just got the cup. That's so funny. So here's here's you can keep this for free, Sean. Okay, this is totally free. No 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 cost to this. Sorry? But like, here's what I think of when I think of Sugar Bear. Now, when you say that is is you know, I think of bears. Yeah, you know, kind of going through the forest, looking for the honey, trying to find that that honeycomb, and 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 risking to do it, especially if they have to. If yeah, yeah, exactly. He's holding yeah. up his cup with. Ah! <laughs> we need the poos behind out out of the one side with a honey pot next to it. That's hilarious. But like, yeah, I think a bear is going out, maybe having to crawl out on a limb, knock the knock the the nest down or something, or find it, and then and then having to like get through it to get to the the good stuff you know what i mean which i see some parallels there between that and entrepreneurship so mike's trying to go love love out love I'm, I'm gonna steal that <laughs> who who are the people that you learn from like do you have some people picked out that you're like these are the these are the men and the women that i want to to emulate either with their walk with jesus or you know their walk with jesus and their their lifestyle or, you know, or skill set, or, you know, what are the biggest influences? I'm going to go back to childhood here because there were some certain men in the church where I grew up at small church in Florida, where they were just great men. And I watched those men basically uh, take care of family. I watched them, you know, in church on Sundays and uh, Bible studies on Thursday nights, watched them be, very influential in the church itself. And of course, they're they're all dead now, you know, uh, but now in my adulthood, there is one that I really look up to 
And that is actually, you know, my pastor in my church, you know, Dr. Daniel Simmons, who uh, uh, pastor in Mount Zion Baptist Church, you know, here in Albany. He, he is one. But I also have a good group of men who are all in the same age bracket who hold me accountable and I hold them accountable as well. And these three guys who uh, I'm thinking about now, just godly men, you know what I'm saying? I look at them and uh, they're men that basically are, we're all married and we all have kids. Uh, we all do what we need to do, you know what I'm saying? To provide food on the table and, and just be an example, you know, of, of Christ. Because that's one of the things that here I see more of people, men basically just forgetting what's our mission, you know what I'm saying? And to be that example, you know, like crisis. So one of the things we haven't talked about is you have a, is it, is the Homeland Security 40 hour week? Yes. Yeah. So you have a 40 hour work week, you have a wife and two boys, um, you know, a, a home to manage all of you, you know, together. It was complicated when you were describing it, thinking about those things, but then you added in that you have investors and I know investors don't like it when the people they invest in are divided. So how, how have you been able to manage a master's degree and a 40 hour a week, you know, working for the government and managing 20 doors? That's a good question, PW. And it, it really has been the grace of God. <laughs> you know, I don't know the answer you want to hear, yeah. but um, I'm going to go back to that support system again, because is I, I really try to, a um, couple things is eat healthy. Uh, I try to get some exercise in, uh, just take care of the temple for the, you know, if I can keep going. With that, I'm, I'm up early in the mornings and um, I go to bed at de a decent time, but I'm up early and, and I put up my laptop and uh, I'm looking at different uh, items where it comes to investing and, and, be, and you know, being who I am as an entrepreneur. But then again, you know, I, I go to work. I put in the, the hours at, at, at work as well. On my lunch break, I pull out my laptop and I'm still, you know, focusing on, you know, investing, you know. From there, I'm working out uh, after work and then I'm back home again and, and my family and uh, give my time to my wife and give my time to my sons. The good thing about my situation, though, is that my sons are older. You know, 18 year old getting ready to go off to college. So it doesn't take much time for him, you know, but we still have time together. But <laughs> he's kind of like his own, own world. So he was not looking at, you know, daddy time as much as he did, you know, seven, 10 years ago. And it, but my youngest son, you know, he's here at the house with us in the evening time. So we have dinner together um, as a family. That's important to me. There, there's no cell phones, just us talking. By doing that, they realize they know everything was going on, you know, with Sugar Bear Properties. You know, they know everything that's going on uh, in, in in their lives. You know, and with them, you know, with their mom. We take vacations. You know, I love the beach, so I'm down in Florida a lot. You know, on the beach, and I'm on there basically relaxing. But I'm also have some book in my hand about real estate. You know, so yeah. So I I spent a decent amount of time, you know, asking entrepreneurs the, this same question because. I feel like I have a decent idea of what the brain of an entrepreneur looks like or how it functions. But do you, do you struggle with 
um, being present where you're at, because I know like people's minds are always firing, you know, and you're always putting information in processing and putting it out. Like, is it hard to flip the switch to like, when you get home to be there for your wife and to be there for your boys and like, is that a thing or is it pretty natural? No. Um, when I first started, it was hard, you know, doing that, but you know, these kids need, need me, you know, our kids need us, you know? So, and I just keep our wives as well. So I, I cut it off when I'm here at the house, especially at dinner time. Maybe it's so important to me, but real estate is cut off. Homeland security is cut off. Any, thing outside is basically gets cut off and I'm trying to see what's going on with my family, you know, while I'm here at the house. So, yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a really a hard question. I don't know that many of our listeners would be interested in this, but I am. One of my goals in business was to, to serve under resourced communities, you know, and I know just from, I, I've been doing nonprofit work for the last 14 years. And so I studied Poverty and wealth. Those are like the two subjects that I feel like I've spent most of my hours in. The education is probably number one uh, thing that keeps people poor. And then land ownership, directly related. And so I'm curious, you know, if if there was, you know, somebody listening who um, is, you know, was a minority and, you know, feeling like the world's against them and, you know, that they couldn't manage X, Y, and Z, what would your advice be to them? I think most of us, you know, we, we deal with fear a lot. You know, am I able to, you know, attain, you know, the property? Am I able to go back to school, you know, to get to get the education? And I, I go back for myself, you know, a few years ago, I went back to get my master's degree. I had a lady tell me once, and she was a Caucasian lady, and she says that it's, when you said the statement about the lack of education, it really, really, to me, like a bondage. It keeps us, you know, tied up. My goal was to go back and get my my master's, and I really wanted to go get a doctorate too, but it's just too much, uh, too much work, you know, with, with it. But I did. I went back, and I trust God to help me through this schooling because I wanted to be not just to say, "Hey, I got it," but I really, really wanted to be an example for my kids. And an example for others, if I can do it, remember, I came from that single family household where, you know, my mom did not have a college degree, but I knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get. And so if I can do it, coming from my background, I believe that anyone can do it, but you have to have the faith. You got to trust God. You got to believe in yourself and you got to have a great support system. Get, get yourself surrounded by a couple uh, like-minded people to really uh, encourage you and to push you to go forward, you know, with these things. So one of the themes that's sticking out to me big time right now, probably the, the overarching one is relationships because you just got done talking about relationships, the men in your life who hold you accountable, mm. um, the people you've been learning from, the mentors that have poured into you from your grandma to men in the church, to your pastor, to older folks in your neighborhood, as you were growing up, making deals with people like, cause, cause you make deals with people. It's not you and the house. It's you and the person who might own or rent that house. You're, you're, you know what I mean? And you're, you're speaking a lot to that, how your relationships have moved you from one place to another 
and have opened up the doors for you in a sense, right? To, to the success you've experienced. No, you, you're exactly right. Um, someone, I had a mentee, he came to me, he asked, he said, how are you doing what you're doing? And my, one of the things that I do it is because I build relationships. You go in and you let these investors, these partners realize that, hey, you're, you're human, you know, and all you want to do is just make it in this world as, 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 as they are already doing, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about people that have money to invest, you know, and if you can prove to them that you are, you could be successful with this, but you're, you, you walk in integrity and you're an honest person, most of them are going to say, hey, you know what, I will try you, <laughs> I will invest in you. And it's not that, you know, from the day one, you run to them because I know PW got money, you know, you know, a millionaire. I can't run a PW, you know, saying, hey, I want to just basically get your money. My goal is to develop a relationship with PW, him get to know who I am. You know, we out on a fishing trip down in Florida on the boat. After that boating, <laughs> after that, that, that boating excursion, I want him to say, you know what, I really like Sean. You know, I want to see Sean succeed. You just build a relationship. And PW may not even do it. Give me that 100,000 day we meet or that day after. It could be a year from now. But one thing I'm going to keep is relationship, you know, because he's bringing value to me, you know what I'm saying? Him as a person, you know, him as a Christian, him as a solid person. So if I don't get a, a dollar from him, at least I can get something from him, which is called wisdom. So. Man, that's awesome. What uh, What is your master's in? Business management. Okay. Where did you do it? Uh, actually online, Champlain College up in Vermont. Okay. So if you, you mind if I ask a couple of questions here, PW? I've, I've got about eight, nine more. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Come on. I've got, <laughs> I got two more on my list that I, that I want to touch on before we wrap up. So number one, I, I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about the, the recent mobile home deal that you put together. It was a little different. Mm. Explain what it was exactly, because I can't even remember the, the the title of what it's called. There's a certain way. It, it's a name to that type of investment. And I haven't been able to figure it. I can't remember what it is. So tell us a little bit about what it is, why you decided to go down that road and try something new, and maybe how did it end up for you? Well, it's called wholesaling. And I'm going to tell you um, basically reason what, what happened. I um, <laughs> For a good year, when COVID first started, I was looking at this property. And I said, you know, I really like this mobile home park. I think it was 27, 28 unit apart, um, mobile home park. So the guy who was selling the property, he was willing to sell to me and gave me a, a great price on it. But when COVID hit, you know, we kind of put everything on the shelf. You know, a lot of, you know, people did. I, I, I did for some. And I said, I was waiting until to see what happened. Uh, when I came back to him, uh, this past fall, uh, last year, he was he was basically saying, you know, hey, you know, it's still for sale. I started doing my due diligence, you know, uh, with the city and just trying to get my finances to, uh, ready to purchase the place. He went up on the price with me. So there was no contract sign, you know. So he went up on the price pretty um, significant, you know. And I was like, uh, well, what happened to the, <laughs> the last price we spoke about? 
He said, no, I changed my mind. And I said, okay, you changed your mind. It, it happens. So basically what I did was I just put it out there, you know, LinkedIn, you know, uh, hey, look, it's mobile home park for sale. I was trying to get my hands, you know, with, with wholesaling, you know. So, um, and it's a lot of work because there's a lot of phone calls, you know, and people are asking questions, you know. But the good thing about this property is that I knew a lot about it because I was getting ready to actually buy it. And so uh, to answer your question, I didn't get it, but we, I did wholesale it. And it's actually on the contract right now. Okay. So just real quick for our listeners who may not know what wholesaling is, could you just give a brief description of what that is? So basically what you're doing is um, PW has a uh, property in Florida. He's trying to sell. I will basically go back, not over his head, but I will basically sell it, try to sell it as well. Uh, It could be 150 that PW is selling that property for, you know, and I'm just trying to get an extra dollar off of it. So I may say 155, you know, and just bring him a, a buyer for this property. And so that's what I did basically for this mobile home part, which is basically find a buyer to bring in, you know, to make the deal work. And again, the contract was, was signed and I think they closed on it, you know, uh, first of next month. And you make a cut of, of that sell, that sale price. I make a cut. Yes. So it didn't go exactly to plan because there was a little bit of a snafu. He came back with a little bit more than what you were expecting, but it was, it was okay. Still. Um, it sounds like you were okay with that. And it, it sounds like it's, it's going to work out well and you'll make, you'll make a profit. Yeah. So a mentor of mine told me, <laughs> he said, if you make a dollar profit off something, that's a win. <laughs> and I always say, well, I want to make more than a dollar, you know, so what he say, that's a win, you know, make a dollar profit, you know, so, but it didn't work out as, as I planned to work out. I mean, because these were different sellers. They really were. They, they were a different group of people. And so, but anyway, yeah, but we did get it on a contract. And so we were both happy about it. So. The last question I had for you was to, to just speak directly for a minute to our listeners. I think this is really valuable. And, and I think you, first of all, you already have just in, in what you shared, Sean, man, I appreciate, oh, I'm so glad we did this because, man, you're giving so much value, I think, to our listeners. But most of our listeners are trying to make that pivot from the same one you did, in a sense, noticing that right now the conventional way that has worked for oh, almost a century or so now is is not going to keep working this way, especially if if things continue to go the way they are in terms of our economy and they keep printing as much money and devaluing all of our savings, it's it's not going to work like it used to. And a, and a lot of our listeners are waking up to that fact. They're waking up to the fact, okay, I do need to do something different. I need to pivot away from the way I was brought up and maybe try something different. And the way I describe it is move from more of a consumeristic mentality to a producer mentality. And you, you even spoke a little bit to that, where you're not just all about consuming or accumulating certain amounts of wealth. Um, but you actually want to produce value for others and, and impact the community. So that's kind of the pivot our listeners are are trying to make. Talk to them for just a minute. What advice or wisdom would you give them? Well, one of the things, you know, uh, experience is a good teacher. And going back, if I could look at what I've done over the past four years, is being patient and taking the time 
to mold and scold whatever, you know, what I have now presently. Because you can't rush this thing. And you can rush this where you can literally fall on your face. Because you cannot be so ready to say, I got this big portfolio of 100 properties. You know, that was never, well, yeah, that was never, you know, my, I say my dream, but it never was my goal to do that. Halfway through this, you know, two years ago, I realized uh, what I have, I need to study, I need to read, I need to continue to educate myself on what I have. So what I began to do is really take the time to see with that one property in Florida, okay, uh, it, 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 is there a, a nest? Because things happen with these properties. <laughs> AC, uh, tank issues are that type of things as well. But I've sat down to basically to individualize each property and make sure that each one is taken care of financially, that I have the funds to, to make the property at 224 Jackson work, you know, and have the money in the bank to make that work. So once someone, a newbie come out and, you know, you say, hey, uh, I want to invest in real estate. I want to be able to uh, get this portfolio and take care of my family, you know, for years to come, you know, take your time with it. Learn this game because it will eat you up and it will swallow you whole. There are so many sharks out there. Uh, I get many phone calls of people wanting wanting to uh, connect with me, wanting to um, network, wanting to partner, and everyone out there is just not not the person who they say they are. You know, there's some type of agenda involved. So you guys just keep that wisdom to, to know that hey, I can get it done, and I'm going to be successful at it. So I say, say never be scared. You know, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But we have to move forward and basically go forward. Dude, that's awesome, man. I so appreciate it. Yeah. So it's be patient. I think that's that's huge. I, I talked to PW about this. So we we my family, we did a COVID uh garden. And it's funny how much as PW and I have been talking and and doing the podcast, and I've been growing and learning myself. I've I, I've learned so many lessons from gardening when it comes to investing. Mm. And one of the things that I've mm. learned through that process was the patience involved, you know, the patience and the willingness to learn and, and for things not to come out perfect or, or what you had expected in, in your mind that, and, but then applying all those things to the next venture, you know, so now we're in a new house and we're getting ready to plant another garden. And I'm able to take all that knowledge that I learned the first time around in, in planting new seeds and doing it a whole different way or, you know, changing things up. And I've learned a ton and I'm asking advice from, from different people who are gardeners and things like that. I just, that, that's what it makes me think of when you say that just patience and, and diligence, discipline, one step at a time, education, relationships. Sean Honor, thank you so much, man. It has been an absolute pleasure to be with you, man. I knew it would be. And, uh, but you exceeded expectations, gave so much value to our listeners. I know they're walking away. I think feeling more equipped. I know I'm walking away feeling more equipped and encouraged PW is. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. 
It has been a pleasure. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come here and just share, and you know, you guys uh, how I've gotten where I'm at now. And um, I would love to come again. Yeah, man. Oh, and oh, for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. We're gonna have you back. We were just talking about, um, golly, just the the new topics. Some of the things that you mentioned. We just need more. We just need to hear more. So we'd love to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening in. You have been listening to Blue Collar Money with P.W. Gopal and Mike Hatch. If you would like to reach out to P.W. directly, you can reach him through his website at pwgopal.com or you can reach out to Mike Hatch at empoweredmanhood.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming content. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to connecting with you soon.